There's a prophecy in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, telling that before the first coming of Jesus, Elijah the prophet would come. Now, this was not Elijah being raised from the dead. This was a prophet would be raised up in the spirit of Elijah, and he would come and speak before the first coming of Jesus. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Prophets are very different from teachers or pastors or evangelists. Prophets come speaking what you need. Now, they don't know what you need, but the Holy Spirit and the prophet will bring to the mind of the prophet that which you need. And that prophet will speak that message. But that's not the only message usually that a prophet speaks. When he speaks to the congregation, to the person on the back row, they will hear one thing. The person in the center will hear another thing. And on the front row, the person will hear another thing. They are going to have messages spoken to them which they really need in order to correct themselves or fill in holes in their spiritual life or to repent or to be ready for the coming of Jesus. That's primarily what a prophet does. They're very different from teachers. When Jesus arose, he gave to the New Testament church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Five ministry offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Most of you know what a pastor is like or a teacher is like. But few people in the churches really understand prophets. Prophets are often very direct. John the Baptist came before the first coming of Jesus. Let's look at the message that John the Baptist spoke to the people who came out to hear him and to be baptized of him. Luke chapter 3, start at verse 7. Then said he, John, to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
old generation of vipers? What are you doing here? Who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Jesus once used exactly the same term, old generation of vipers. That's to the congregation because God knows exactly what everyone in the congregation is doing. We had a Bible teacher who was committing fornication. He was going to bars and seeking out women with whom he could have sex. God knew that was happening. God knows exactly what each one of us are doing. So it is not unusual to me at all that John the Baptist, the prophet, would say, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Then John goes on and starts addressing specific needs. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. Because John perceived what they were thinking. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also, The axe is laid into the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. And this shocked the people. It reached them. It penetrated into their heart. And the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered and saith, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Now that would reach some of the people in the congregation who came to hear John the Baptist. And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you, speaking to the tax collectors. And then the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. See, he tells you exactly what to do to be saved. He tells you exactly what to do to prepare for the coming of Jesus. And as the people were in expectation, and all the men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, is this Jesus, the Messiah? As they were thinking about, is this Christ? This man sounds different from other men. John perceived that's what they were doing. And John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor.
and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the shaft he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. Many things. He is going to be used by God to reach the congregation, the needs of the congregation. One person needs one thing, another in the congregation needs another thing. A prophet is like someone who shoots a shotgun loaded with buckshot. It goes every direction. And many people are affected in the congregation. The ones who are committing sin often hate the prophet because he addresses their specific sin. It's very different from the office of a teacher or the office of a pastor. John preached, make yourself ready for the coming of the Lord. This was the first coming of Jesus. Before the second coming of Jesus, God will send the word out, prepare yourselves for the day of judgment, for the end of the world, for the time when Jesus comes. For Jesus will destroy the wicked upon his coming. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. So if you're sitting in a church and you're doing wicked things and Jesus comes, he'll destroy you. See, that's not the message you usually hear at church, but that's what a prophet of God will speak because he is trying to get you to repent of that sin that you're doing, give it up, return to the Holy Bible, do things that are right in the sight of God. Prophets will really attack that. As a new Christian, one of the churches I attended was Word of Faith in Farmer's Branch, Texas, Robert Tilton was the pastor. Bob started a TV show. There was a woman in his office staff that he believed to be a prophet. He invited her to be on his TV show. They started to go on camera, and Bob turned to Ava and said, Just one thing. Don't say anything about being a prophet because it's not popular. Ava called me after the show and was in tears. In fact, what Bob did is kill a prophet by trying to get that prophet not to speak in the name of God, in the name of the Lord, as a prophet. Not to speak the message of prophet because often it does offend people, because God is addressing your sins, hidden sins, by that prophet. There was a Bible teacher in church I attended, and he was really a very charming man. When he turned 50, he said, I turned 50, it was a horrible day. God got all the prophets after me. 
Well, we laughed because he was doing things he shouldn't be doing, serious things, serious things he shouldn't be doing, even to committing fornication, going to bars and picking up women and committing fornication. So, of course, prophets are going to go after that. It's not that we know ahead of time. Very often, we don't know what they're doing, but God will bring out a message from us. I have been in situations where God has had me speak about what the Bible says about homosexuals and lesbians. When that happens, probably a homosexual or a lesbian is in that meeting. And you go to Romans chapter 1 and you read the following. Starting at verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So as you read those things which the Holy Spirit calls to your mind and speak of those things, if that person who's homosexual or lesbian, if God opens their ears to hear that what they're doing is a sin in the sight of God, that person will be saved, and he will turn from that sin and go in a normal way. If he's not being saved by God, he will be offended at the message. Prophets often speak things that offend people in the congregation, for if they are doing something wrong, they will often be offended by the message from a prophet, but it gives them a chance to be saved also, to turn from their sin, to recognize it as sin, and to agree with God about the sin. Now, when John the Baptist read to the soldiers, be content with your wages, you can believe that somebody sitting in that congregation that day was not content with his wages. And that person can examine himself and say, in the sight of God, he wants us to be content with our wages. And he has an opportunity to repent from the way he's going and turn to God. And that's a primary way that God uses prophets. In the Old Testament, prophets often perform miracles. Well, so did teachers, so did apostles. Paul was given the miracles to do in the sight of the people. 
And often in the Old Testament, you see miracles being performed by Elijah, Elisha, and various prophets. John the Baptist didn't perform any miracles, and yet he was that person that came in the spirit of Elijah that was prophesied that he would come before Jesus came the first time to the earth. And they didn't recognize him. Not all of them. Some of them did. And Jesus addressed the subject. Matthew chapter 17, verse 10. And Jesus' disciples came asking him, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah is already come, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they wanted to do. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that Jesus was speaking to them of John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't look at all like Elijah, for Elijah came performing great miracles, and John performed no miracles. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus spoke of John the Baptist. Verse 24. And when the messengers of John were departed, he, Jesus, began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what ye went out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. John the Baptist was going to come correcting them in the way they were living, preparing them for the first coming of Jesus. Today's prophets are going to try to turn you to God to get you to give up the way of the world which you are going and turn to the way of God and correct yourself before Jesus comes the second time where he will gather the elect of God for the judgment day. So Jesus says this, John the Baptist, is the one of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. 
So John the Baptist, a prophet, was sent by God to prepare the people for the first coming of Jesus. As the prophets in today's church are given messages to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus. When Jesus comes the second time, it's over, for he will gather the elect to himself. And the Apostle Paul says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, basically to receive for that which we have done on this earth, whether it be good or bad. And Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So the work of a prophet is critical for the church. And prophets are always sent to the children of God. They are not sent to the world. We know that from Ezekiel chapter 3, which you can read on your own if you think you might be a prophet. I recommend you read that. We are sent to speak to the church. We might speak in a church building. We might speak in a grocery store. We might speak to the exterminator who comes to spray our house for bugs. We speak wherever we happen to be when the person surfaces. I had a person who came to my bedroom and said, do you approve gays and lesbians? And I was so shocked. I said, I don't think so. And after she left, I wrote out many of the scriptures on the subject of homosexuals and lesbians and mailed it to her so she could read it. I could have spoken it directly to her at that time, but it did shock me so much when she asked that. All I could think of is, no, I don't think so. I answered her question. Do you support gays and lesbians? I answered her question. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I believe this woman is a lesbian. She attends a Catholic church. I believe she is a lesbian. I believe she wanted to involve me in activities with other people that she brought to her house who were lesbians. And she wanted to find out from me if I would support them. And I said, no. I don't support drunkards. I don't support adulterers in the church. I don't support any of the sins that humans do in the church. No, I don't aid you in your sin or assist you in your sin. Instead, what a prophet will do is read the scripture to you to get you to turn from your sin. James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.